Marini's Media. Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Coming up, Rangers have the highest of highs, then the lowest of lows. Have they lost their hearts as the jam tarts hammer Jer's hopes of Scottish Cup glory? It's 34 not out for Celtic in domestic cups, but there isn't any joy in Europe. And in League One, one mascot makes the grave error of removing their head. We'll explain that later. Yes, it's me, Andrew Slavin, back with more Scottish football that you can handle. And joining me, as always, a beaming man after Aberdeen's win over St Mirren. From the Telegraph, it's JJ Bull. Hello. Beaming. Beaming as ever with that intro. And here because he loves cups. Paper cups, glass cups, trophy cups. Yes, all cups. (laughs) From Coppa 90, it's Finn Marks. Hello. Hi, Finn. What's your favourite cup? Uh, Do you know, I'm going to say the Kirin Cup. Which ah. um, the was the t- tournament that Scotland won? I think in, it was a bit two thousand and five. Not, I was going to say not maybe that even long earlier. Ago, but it was a, still. It, a it was the ago. debuts <laughs> of like Chris Burke, Chris Boyd. They all made their debuts at the national team. I think we beat we like drew with Japan and beat Bulgaria or something like that. And Kieran, all is the big Japanese, ones. Kieran is a Japanese word for world, so technically we won the World Cup. And it's a lager, isn't it, Kieran? It is. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Kieran is a lager. Yeah. Well, speaking of lager, <laughs> great segue. Yeah, I know. We are going to be coming back to our our home country of Scotland, JJ. We should remind listeners before we get stuck in to all the football that we're going to speak about that we're coming up to Glasgow and then Aberdeen. We're doing live podcasts, so I mean, it's sort of a, a strange. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the word I'm trying to look it's for? It's a podcast, but in the flesh. Yes, live. You just get to watch the podcast happening, but it's not just. Me and Slavin, oh no, no. Because Gordon Strachan is also a legitimate football person guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a great guest to have. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's during International Week, so we'll ask him loads of questions about you know Scottish football. Uh, imagine the exact game that's going to be taking place on the Thursday after we do the, uh, the gig. So we've got one gig on uh, Tuesday night, the 24th of March. Correct. In the Glee Club in Glasgow. You've been reading the script, good boy. I haven't got the script. And then the 25th... <laughs> I just know this. The 25th uh, is at Lemon Tree in Aberdeen. So it would just be fantastic if you could all come along. Bring your friends. It's like a podcast live. Gordon Strachan's there. Just hanging out with your pals. Drink some lager. If you, now that I know you don't have the script, how do you get tickets, JJ? Uh, you Google Totally Scottish <laughs> Football Show Live. Yep. Uh, That's right. Or you can go to the totallyfootballshow.com forward slash events oh, yes. and spend no more than £15 for what promises to be a pretty good night. Amazing. There will be lager beers to be had. Yes, uh, after the show, very sensible before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But like you said, JJ, with Gordon Strachan being with us, it'll be interesting to see his thoughts. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to him. Just to, There's so much we can talk about. It'll be great. It'll be really interesting. But um, since we last spoke, there has been one Premiership fixture, which saw St Mirren beat Motherwell and open up a four-point gap. Now that we're going to... This is us. We're going straight into it now. Opened up a four-point gap on Hamilton down at the bottom. But today... We're going to talk about the Scottish Cup. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Oliver Bazanic was the difference as hearts beat Rangers again. 
That is bottom of the table Hearts beating Europa League last 16 member Rangers. That's Hearts who have won three matches in the Premiership all season beating Rangers who have only lost three matches in the league. We'll talk Rangers in a moment uh, with Athletics' Jordan Campbell shortly, but let's have a word on Hearts, guys. This is a tremendous result again for them, damaging for Rangers again, but, you know, Hearts seem to really enjoy playing Steven Gerrard's side. This is sort of game, we just sort of knew, I don't know, there was something about it, I just knew this was going to happen. Like, coming off the back of all that amazing stuff that Rangers did in Europe... And then, because the Hearts have had, haven't beaten them in that same style, they know how to do it. I wonder how much of it... So, like, like Gerard said, it, they weren't up for the fight against Hearts. And mm-hmm. Hearts started this game knowing they're really feisty and going right in at people, playing that kind of high press. Stendhal's... Pretty, it's the, same, the same tactics, I think, as last time. Quite, quite a solid, compact 4-4-2. You had Naismith and Washington that could both run channels and drop into space up front. Just really, really good. I don't Was, know. <laughs> were, were Rangers just even... Worse than they were in the last game back at the end of January, I think it was. It must be mentality. I don't. It, I, I think it is. It's it's funny because you were just saying there that oh, Hearts just went with the the same tactics as they did before. They're like, yeah, because it worked last time. But they had way more but, opportunities this time. But Rams. Rangers are coming into this playing exactly the same system. I, th- I think it's one of the the really big questions that needs to be asked of Steven Gerrard as a manager in in the middle of all this is that he has this unbelievable insistence on playing the 4-3-3 regardless of opposition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. regardless of the style of play of the opposition it's just, it's so peculiar but someone someone who is changing things Daniel Stendel is obviously changing things I read a report that um he's introduced ski goggles and rope to help um Hearts defensive frailty and this is a team obviously under his stewardship I don't know what the ski goggles bits for was that it was it it, it was to help their peripheral vision Right. So defenders who are trying to, it's to it's to heighten their awareness. Yeah. And this is a team who have shipped twenty two goals in his eleven games so I get, far. I get the rule. So it makes sense, spacing, right? So that's yeah. spacing between between your bodies, so you keep your your shape and you shift across. That makes perfect sense. But oh, that's cool. I Ski like goggles that. are pretty interesting. I, I mean, like any modern approach in these sorts of things. Yeah. A modern approach bringing ski goggles. Well, the thing with that, like, so like Gerard's four three three, you'd see it clearly in Europe. Because teams tend to be make the pitch a bit wider, but they get funneled down the sides because it's like a four-three-two-one, isn't it? They play like two tens, yeah. not wingers, and it, well, everything goes out wide through there. And they were so narrow, Rangers in this game all the way through it. You just, I just thought you'd open it up and make, like play the make the pitch bigger. But Hearts want to be compact so they can pick up the second balls. It sort of played into how Stendhal wants to play. If he wants to get the ball forward quickly. Like a lot of teams will try and make the pitch uh, longer, not wider, mm-hmm. against teams like Hearts. Then they're just having to run so much. But Rangers tried, I just, they just didn't do what I thought they would have done. Well, let's talk about the goal. A whole host of defensive mistakes, to be fair, uh, in this game, st- starting with Joe Rebo. And then that. It's weird, though, isn't it? Because they're just hurling the ball over, and it's just at such a weird height, and they're just not quite set to be able to head it. Sure. So it has to go back every single time. Sure, but you can tell that the kind of almost. Uh, panic that was in Rangers defence because when Tavernier heads it he doesn't really need to head it uh, but he puts it straight into the path of um, I think it was Lewis Moore 
um, who then kind of rounds Alan McGregor. McGregor tries to do things on his own. He has to. Uh, he has to cut, yeah, he has to. Uh, yeah, he had to. He had to make that decision. Aribo's header is a weird, but that's the mistake I think because he heads it back towards his own goal, even though he's miles out. But he's not a defender. No, but I mean, he, you know, you put it, you don't put it there, do you? It's just a, a weird thing to do. It's just like it's like um, this mentality thing. It's just not maybe th- I think not. I don't want the word. Not thinking. It's just. It's a reaction. It's, yeah, for sure. And then there's consequences directly to it, and people don't expect that to happen, because you don't expect the ball to get headed back there. And then it's just hoofed up in the air, headed back. So it's just a bit of a stramash. It's, not... it's, just, it's, it's just panicked. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it yeah, is. Exactly. And, uh, I, that's going, going back to what you were just alluding to there, and um, JJ, about what we've talked about a lot on the podcast this season, which is about the mentality. And the weird thing is that it, it, it's bipolar, literally, Rangers season it's Jekyll and Hyde and there's all these other cliches going around at the moment but it's before Christmas they were excellent and it, it looked like there was real progress in the way that they were playing and that they um, were able to adapt to different situations and they they find a way to break through you know this low block that every team plays against them with and and it's just all just evaporated but, since Christmas of course but you I mean I know Gerard has had to wrangle with you know not having Hellander at centre half and George Edmondson came in after Nikola Katic had a cataclysmic game last weekend and seemed to do well against Braga but then has a shocker again but even had opportunities to get an equaliser in this game but couldn't find the back of the net I think but I think I think we we still have to focus on Hearts and their performance because it was obvious to see that they were genuinely more up for this game than Rangers were I, I, the weird thing was, I don't think Hearts were as impressive as they were in the league victory mm-hmm. about a month ago. I, I thought that game, I was like, I was really impressed with. Where they just wanted it more. They were working harder. Mm. That's literally what it came down to at the end of the day. If you, if you go into a, a, a fight between the way those two teams are set up, it's going to be Hearts that come out on top. Should should Rangers have been a little bit, were they a bit unfortunate when Lloyd Moore pretty much handled the ball into the net? Was that a second yellow card offence? It, by the letter of the law, it should be. Apparently, the referee felt that it w- it wasn't deliberate. I don't see how somebody double fisting a football with both arms above their head can not be deliberate. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at something you said. Um, the thing is, I know Stephen McLean was the referee in this game. Even if it, he didn't think it was deliberate, even if it looked like it could have been a nudge, it would then be a penalty. But to then give no, I think he was just unsure. I think the referee's unsure, and if if a referee is not a hundred percent certain, you can't award the goal. You can't award a penalty. And I think that's maybe where um, he's reached his conclusion. Um, we've been asked a question on Twitter from Ross Quinn, and he asks us about Daniel Stendel's post-match comments, where he basically said that the cup is not the priority. And I think we can all agree that that makes perfect sense. But does that give Hibs? and Hibs fans real hope that um, they will reach the Scottish Cup final because Hearts will play their fiercest rivals. It could be mind games though. Hibs will find a way to Hibs it up and that's how it works as well. Like, obviously the league is a priority because if Hearts get relegated, that is a disaster. If you were relegated but you won the Scottish Cup, would you be happy? Depends what club you are. Is Sporting Aberdeen, no, because you can't get relegated from the Premiership, but you can't do it. Hearts should be third or fourth. And they are not. And and still challenging for the Scottish Cup. Yeah, I mean, I know their squad's not perfect and they've had to ship out a lot of players and they've gone through managerial changes, but, I mean, they they shouldn't be bottom with what they've got. It's just all gone wrong. 
A cup is nice, but then... <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. It is Say nice. it like that. I'll have a good day out. Well, it'll be Hamden. I wonder if they'll move it to Murrayfield. They said. Well, this, they haven't said. I mean, it is going to be Hamden. Of course it? it is. Yeah, 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 of course it is. Do you think it would make also sense for that Murrayfield? I know there has been this debate about moving it. But why wouldn't you? There, there are a lot of things about Scottish football that would make sense it if make we did sense, the sensible got, thing. You've got to police two want. groups of fans who don't like each other very much coming back on the exact same trains into the same areas. I think there's also the potential now that Rangers are out of the cup that that would be the date where their um, existing. Uh, league fixture against St Johnson would be played yeah. which would need to be played at a different time so that the police could both police Hamden and Ibrox on the same day it's just it's a madness I agree with you JJ yeah. let's turn to the side that have been described as Jekyll and Hyde not just by Finn but by Stephen Thompson and for an intelligent view <laughs> thanks very much <laughs> let's bring in Jordan Campbell from The Athletic Jordan a pretty easy question to ask you straight away. What's going on at Rangers? Uh, an easy question is that. <laughs> but, I mean, I think there's a there's a there's a lot a lot to it. I mean, like I think everyone's still searching for a silver bullet, but you know I don't really think that exists when a team have collapsed like Rangers have. Um, and then you've got the added the added dynamic of them still doing well in Europe and then really struggling in domestic sense. I think it's a it's a combination of different things, but I think probably. The mental side of things is the one which sticks out the most, and what Gerard seems to keep re-emphasising after each each hiccup. Um, you know, he's, he's questioned the mentality, or you know, how much they want it a few times now. And on Saturday after the game, you know, obviously, you know, he was less than he was less than certain about his future. But when asked about what he thought went wrong, I thought the fact that he said that he knows how determined and how much he wanted to win the game at the side of the park, but he looked on and didn't. He couldn't see the same in his players, and I think when it gets to that stage, then you know, a it looks like he's running out of answers, and b, then you know you've got to question how that affects the dynamic as well. Um, so I think that's the main thing. But like, there's obviously the football side to it as well. I, I personally think it's more down to individuals than than it is shape or tactics, because I think a lot of people, a lot of Rangers fans are saying, you know, they keep playing four three two one or four three three, and it's just too it's too predictable, but. I mean, a formation is a formation at the end of the day. It's no Subutio they're playing, you know. <laughs> it's a quite pretty fluid, you know, football's pretty fluid. I don't think it's as simple as changing it to 4 2. And the management team are not going to all of a sudden rip up what they've worked on for 20 months and, you know, start playing long balls up to Morelos or Canberra. So <laughs> I think it's a combination of things. But, um, you know, the team just, it does look a completely different team. And I think that is just the pressure is getting to them and now they can't seem to dig themselves at the hole because it's even even more difficult now that you know the pressure really is on and it's a case of having to win every week now not just to compete but to save face really in Scotland uh, Gerard's quotes after as well it sounds almost as though he thinks it's not oh, maybe I'm putting words in his mouth but it's like he's hit a ceiling and just doesn't it's almost like he doesn't know if he wants to be around to help build mm. the next step because it's such a difficult next step yeah, well, I mean, Rangers played down his comments after afterwards. Yeah. You know, it was probably the emotion getting the better. Yeah, him, it's reactionary, right? So he's meant. To yeah, be, yeah. I, yeah, it's understandable that you know he's he's there every week for the last two months saying, you know, I'd, I need to question my players' mentality. Then they produce that on Wednesday against Braga, and then somehow they go back and revert back to being this team who just sort of shadow themselves. But you know, like. Uh, I, I don't think Gerard will leave. Certainly, on maybe. I mean, it could potentially happen in the summer, but. I don't think he's going to want to be seen to to walk out in his first job, having, you know, not failed to topple Celtic. So, 
I don't think. I mean, I don't think it's a question of the Rangers board they're going to sack him either. I think he's there. Mm. He's a man. But you know, it's twenty million pounds he spent on transfer fees, and you know he's not got a, a cup to show for it. I don't know if Gerard thinks he has taken him as far as he can. I think he probably thinks he can change it. But the worrying thing from a Rangers perspective is that nobody seems to be able to put their finger on it yeah. on why they're struggling. You know, you say why why you can play so well on Wednesday and play so poorly on Sunday. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, if it's players, do you think he'd get? Do you think there'll be like budget in the summer for him to bring in the types that he thinks he needs to get to? Or, or could it be mm. this is where he goes to the board and says, "Are you going to back me even further than you mm. did last summer?" And that, and that and that is maybe a reason uh, which would which would convince him that he should stay. Well, uh, I think that's what it's going to come down to because if he if he's not been able to do it in the first two years, having been given twenty million, I don't think he's going to get another 10, 12 million to spend in the summer. Because, you know, Rangers, the board are already having to underwrite the 10, 10, 11 million pound shortfall this season. So I know that obviously the revenues will, will probably go up next year as well. So And you've got the improved money for the Europe as well. So that will help boost the coffers. But unless he's going to be given guarantees that he can go and strengthen the squad, then, you know, you would have to question whether he, he thinks he's got the tools to do it. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a tricky one. But... Our Rangers going in the right direction, and I think they are under Gerard. You know, might not be as quick as some people want, but they've improved greatly. Even if the last two months have maybe skewed that, you know, they have improved. And I think in time, he knows what sort of characters are needed. And I think the recruitment will probably improve. It'll improved as, as to what you've seen the last couple of years. So I think all that together would probably give him enough belief that he's the man to do it. Because I don't think he's any self doubt. You know, he said that after the game. I don't doubt myself, but it's just a bit whether he's able to bring in those players or whether he changes my management to help those players, the existing players, to be able to overcome yeah. that sort of pressure. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it as simple as they need more winners in the squad? Because I think when you look through the Rangers squad, really you've got Davis McGregor, who won championships and cups, but that was in their first spells at Rangers. And then looking through the rest of the squad, I think Morelos has won a Finnish championship and Joe Arabo won the playoff last season with Charlton that's pretty much it for silverware and in terms of winners in the squad is it literally as simple as bringing those types of players who have a proven track record in winning into this squad I don't I think it's too simple just to say there's not enough winners because was anybody questioning that before December I don't really think anybody was they were saying mm-hmm. this looked like a team that Gerard had cultivated that mentality but you know it, it is difficult to explain why it seemed to have eroded the last couple of months but uh, you know I think maybe if they regroup in the summer I think the core of that squad is still good enough to challenge I think they maybe just need a bit more need a bit more cutting edge in the final third I still think I still think they're lacking a bit of firepower especially with Morelos isn't there I think they can look a bit blunt and devoid ideas. So, well, this I'd is this is the th- this is but... Jordan. This is the this is the thing though. Where are Rangers with Morelos now? The, he is the most potent marksman mm. at the club, but when yeah. he's he's even coming and letting the down letting down the club, not even on mm. the pitch. You know, yeah. he's been given special leave to go mm. back to Colombia, which seems fair, um, yeah. because it, it seems that his 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 mother might be unwell. But yeah. then he's he. Gerard explains to him that he wants him back at a certain time and you know he defies the manager himself so do Rangers let go of him and let go of their best striker and hope that they bring someone better in well I think the difficulty now is that you know Morelos seems to have 
the last couple of months, he's, he, you know, he's, he's our discipline seems to be actually outweighing his talent now. Whereas you could always say, you know, he's a great striker who's got his flaws, but now when he's not contributing really anything to the team and he's, you know, taking advantage of Gerrard's, you know, basically he's giving him a gift to go home and said, you know, you have those extra days off. You know, I don't want to say he's put his put his teammates under the bus, but you know he would have started, and especially when Camberry's cup tied, it meant they have to play with a striker. So, you know, I think it's up to the the leaders in that team, James Tavernier, McGregor, Goldson. You know, I think I think maybe sometimes they walk around in eggshells with Morelos because they know what sort of character he is, and you know he can seem to do what he wants at times because he's Morelos, and you've got to, you know, you can't treat every every player the exact same. With these X Factor players, you sometimes need to have a bit of leeway with them mm. in order to indulge them a bit but it's just about how much you indulge them and how much the rest of the squad are willing to put up with that because for every misdemeanor that there is now his transfer value is you know falling you know I don't think a Rangers going to get what we're going to get in January now in the summer you know it's, it's debatable if they know that this is a player who is struggling to you know behave himself in Scotland and has been left out you know that automatically takes away some of the Rangers leverage when they're going into the market so right now I'd probably say Rangers would be worth selling them in the summer. It just seems it's got to that stage. Jordan Campbell from The Athletic. Well, Hearts get to the semi-final and they get to face their bitter rivals, Hibs, after Jack Rossi's men bested Inverness Caledonian Thistle 5-2 on Friday night. This was probably the most fun game to watch um, out of the weekend seven goals seven different goal scorers a missed penalty a red card and a post hit too but once Hibs got going they were able to comprehensively oust their championship opponents scoring four in the second half Omionga probably the pick of the goals yeah, it was a cracking strike yeah lovely I think it was to make it was that like 4-1 I think it was yeah. at the time so that was that's kind of the best time to uh, to try those kind of shots. Yeah, just you, you could also it, yeah. see those most of the time screaming over the bar. But uh, yeah, hips are great. I think Cali Thistle. I think of will they have played more games than anyone else domestically so far this season? Because they'll have had the Challenge Cup as well, mm. and they're all the way to the final there. Um, Possibly, you know. So I think I just think their legs kind of went as the match went on. But hips have been looking brilliant for a couple of weeks now. It's weird because since the change in manager. I think you kind of expected maybe Hibs to take a little bit longer to get going and Hearts to just shoot up the table and it's been kind of the other way around mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with Stendhal and, and Jack but they look so comfortable and Doge is just like a completely different striker under Jack. I totally agree. I mean, when we started this season... I thought quite highly of Christian Dodge. I thought it was a really clever signing from Paul Heckenbottom, a guy who scored for fun in England's non-league, um, but did okay in League Two and even got a move to Bolton where it didn't really work out. But he is a goal scorer and he's proven that. Um, but his assist for um, for Jamie Gullant was just lovely. You know, kind of a bit of a nice touch around the defender and then uh, found Gullen and Gullen's finish actually was really good I think it was a good moment for for him in particular because he's just not long been promoted to the first team at Hibs Gullen who was on loan at Wraith Rovers and he scored 10 goals for them and then has been brought back because the likes of Ollie Shaw's went out on loan Canberra's went to Rangers so it's a good moment for him because it seems like he's trying to prove something to Jack Ross, and it's perfect for Jack Ross to think he's got another striker there available. What are you laughing at, JJ? Jack Ross. 
but it's always Jack Ross. We all do, yeah. It's yeah. funny. Yeah. I, just, I, just, I just locked into it. I should be saying John James. I say this every week, but uh, John James Ross. Anyway. JG, what did you think of this game? Uh, well, I've only seen very brief highlights. Also, there's someone who's done it on YouTube who's filmed the game to make their own their own highlights package of this game. What a fan! Like a fan's view. Yeah, like they're just it's like their iPhone camera. <laughs> if you'd find it, it's Hibs versus Inverness. It's got almost two thousand views. Uh, cool. Just some guy holding this. It's pretty cool because it feels like you're at the game a little bit, but you know you're not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> think of players like Doidge. Right, so Doidge is basically a poacher. Right, a nine plays off the shoulder. Yeah, but did you see his assist? You know, it's good forward play. Yeah, yeah no, that's not, that's, he's not a good player. You can be a poacher. I mean, Andy Cole was a poacher. You know, <laughs> uh, but it helps you. Those players are a lot better when they've got people supplying them. It sounds very obvious to say, yeah, yeah. but like Doidge has started doing better since Boyle's been back. As have Hibbs been better since sure. Boyle's been back. Like we say every week, he's, just, <laughs> he's basically brilliant. And also, and, and Jack Ross has found a, play, a way to get Scott Allen playing in that hole, but also keeping the midfield quite solid. Well, that's what a three, four, one, two. I think he seems to have settled on. He's basically got a diamond going through it, which is I know he likes diamond because he talked about that in coach's voice before. That's my. New I haven't watched that coaching voice, but it is very good. Yes. Um, what about Callie Thistle? They weren't exactly helped when Brad Mackay was sent off, um, but there's no debate really. Straight red. Yeah, I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> they were three one down at the time anyway. Yeah, but they just scored that goal as well, oh, and yeah. then they get a man sent off. I think it's the one thing that I still love about watching predominantly Scottish football more than any other type of football is that he went in utterly no attempt to play the ball, went through the back of him and he just walked away from the ref as if he's just going to be like, oh, I'll probably boot me for that. And and then the ref obviously sends him off and then all of his teammates rush around him just being like, what are you doing? That's outrageous. Mm. I, I do love that bit of Scottish football. It's like you could decapitate someone and your teammates would still be like, what are you doing, ref? That's <laughs> So those are the ties which see the Edinburgh sides through to face each other next, St Johnston versus Celtic and St Mirren against Aberdeen. Everyone remembers that time you've had that peach of an accumulator looking good only for... Oh, and the keeper's let it slip through his legs in the 94th minute! Or the right back has to pull on the gloves and face a penalty! Or Man United have again conceded a late equaliser! But with Paddy Power's Acker Cracker, you get a free bet if one leg of your fourfold plus Acker lets you down on all football matches and all markets. Paddy Power. Max free bet £10. Minimum odds of 1 to 5 on each leg. Online exclusive. Exclude shop bets. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. BeCumbleAware.org. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media. Sunday saw Celtic face St Johnston who'd already held Rangers to a draw in the week. This time around, though, there would be no such luck at McDermott Park after Ryan Christie grabbed a late winner. Ten minutes to go, Ryan Christie's free kick, whipped him with lots of pace, and it's gone all the way. Chris Julian celebrates. Did he get the faintest of touches, or is that Ryan Christie's 20th goal of the season? Nobody caring in green and white too much about that at the moment because that looks like the goal which is pointing Celtic towards the Scottish Cup semi-finals. Nice for Christie to be grabbing winners rather than balls. <laughs> uh, that's their uh, Celtic that's a solid joke. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was. Yeah. I can't take credit for that. That's all, producer Abby. Uh, that's Celtic's thirty-fourth win in domestic cup competitions. That's now. mental, by the way. They're just never going to lose again. It's it's almost getting a bit boring. 
Is it? Do you know what I mean? Is I... it really? <laughs> <laughs> well, you may be saying that because Aberdeen are obviously facing Celtic in yeah. the semi-finals. Well. But um, that's um, Ryan Christie's 20th goal of the season and he's not long back from injury either, which is a huge boost for Celtic, no? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, they've pretty much won the league and they're going to win the cup. <laughs> so having your players back is useful now that they've been pumped out of Europe. That's the thing. That, I mean, that would be real disappointing to them. I think that means a lot to them, European games. What do you say? I don't know what we say about St Johnston. We've been really impressed with them recently. Mm-hmm. They, they did. We were talking really highly of them last week, and I think we even tipped them, saying that maybe this could be where something. If, if that we're going we're gonna to lose a cup game, that would be the one they would lose. Yeah, you know, away in that muddy pitch, all those kind of variables. But they didn't. So I just can't see anything else apart from Celtic winning that cup now, which would be a record as well, because no team has won the Scottish Cup four times in a row. And that's it. But again, like we said before. They should win it. They should. They have the best players by far. Like, Austin Edwards, amazing. Ryan Christie is, could play English Premier League level. Like, he's. They're, they're really good. They're just really good players in a good solid team. Uh, they mix things up. Don't always play the same way, and they always find they. They always seem to score these late, annoying goals. That like, that's the kind of annoying team that always wins stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like Man United in the nineties. Just were, didn't even have to play that well. We just knew they were going to win. It's the difference, though. That's what we, when we were talking the first half of the show about mentality at Rangers and how there's the complete lack of that. Occasionally, they get like late goals and stuff like that. Celtic are habitually doing this. Mm-hmm. They just know how to dig deep, and they know that they they aren't beaten. I don't think there's. I can't remember if it was last season or the season before last where Motherwell were three 0 up at half time or something like that. Maybe two 0 up after a little while at, at for Park and you, even at that stage even Motherwell fans are like it, it doesn't matter because if you go that far ahead too early Celtic are still capable and know they're still capable mm-hmm. of scoring four or five for the rest of the game so I think it is that thing of it, it's really tricky to see how anybody stops them I think as well in the league the pressure's off really you know they could afford to lose two or three matches and still win it I think quite comfortably and do you think that because you reckon Rangers will still drop further points I, I, there's nothing in the form of Rangers to suggest that they won't drop more points in the league yeah before the end of the season there you go look Celtic march on to Hamden and are no doubt favourites for the, for the cup but more on that from Lee Price later we end on the tightest tie coming into the weekend which saw Aberdeen defeat St Mirren in the pouring rain late on a Saturday night Goals from Lewis Ferguson and an injury time penalty from Sam Cosgrove secured the Don's journey through to the semi-finals and will face Celtic. Seen plenty of the ball and it's Kennedy in off the left. Now it's Ferguson, might open up for a shot here. Project goalwards, but it's a delightful finish and a wonderful start for Aberdeen. And Lewis Ferguson puts the visitors in front with a classy finish. But we have to start with just talk about Lewis Ferguson's goal, which is an absolute dynamite of a goal. This it's is gorgeous. Like this is actual peak McInnes ball. <laughs> Take an early lead through a bit of individual brilliance, Lewis Ferguson, and then you manage the game for the rest of it. And then Sam Cosgrove scores the penalty. <laughs> it's so peak. It's exactly what's been happening. It's, it's, I would watch this and um, <laughs> managed to get this on a bar in London on big screens. It was great. No way. That's true. We did do that. And you saw it like St. Mirren are a decent team. They're much better than their position in the league yeah. for starters. Right? They're much better than that. They should be higher up the table. And if they can improve on this next season, I think they'll be a lot better next next year. But uh, 
for this game here, like, like I said, Ferguson takes his goal so well, but he's a really, really special player, Ferguson. I think he's, what, is he 20 now? 19, mm-hmm. 19, 20? But he's the most important player in the Aberdeen team. Him and uh, Considine probably this season, actually. Why? Just because he makes things happen. He has that winner's mentality. He's the one with the... Uh, it's the kind of thing that Rangers need, is Lewis Ferguson. <laughs> oh. it, it, he is, though. That's the kind of thing that is any of that guy who just does, who's, he'll put his body where he shouldn't. He'll get in little arguments. He'll have little fights. Just to... And everyone sort of responds to it. It's quite contagious. And you see, like, he'll... he'll he does the work, basically. Mm-hmm. But he's also supremely talented. Good touch. Knows where to be and when. Is a good footballer. <laughs> Another thing that came out of this game is that McKenna pulled up with a, I think it looks like a hamstring injury when he was chasing a ball over the top of the, the line. Yeah, it's a, a second hamstring injury for him this season, which is absolute disaster for Scotland. But um, Sam Colesgrove back on the score sheet as well. It might have been a penalty, JJ, but it's good to see him back scoring for Aberdeen. Yeah, I think Curtis Main's been playing well. Like, he's really, really come on. Matty Kennedy hasn't had the impact that I think a lot of people thought he would, especially because I think Maverick paid money to buy out his contract at St Johnson, but he's not... Well, he assisted Lewis Ferguson. Yeah, I know, but it's not like a, it's not like it laid on a plate, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because he, he's getting a lot of... Like, like we've talked about this before, but it tends to be that the wingers and Aberdeen teams under McInnes have to have to beat their man 1v1 mm-hmm. and their stats like if you go through all the statistics and Scout and that they're really low for 1v1 take-ons and, and things like that which is it, it doesn't work unless players beat their man and, and go past them Scott McKenna Scott McKenna being out is interesting uh, Devlin came in and I thought looked quite decent when, when he came on the pitch he was talking loud and telling everyone to go I mean he's meant to be a Scotland international defender as well like we don't have many options now at centre-back for Scotland and McKenna is not I'm a big fan of McKenna, but he's not been he's Scott not McKenna this season. season. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Um, so. But what about St Mirren then in this Considine game? for Scotland. Come on. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I'm going to talk about St Mirren in this game. All right. Because we had Jim Goodwin basically saying they were the better team. And what you were saying earlier, JJ, do you tend to agree with them? Sort of. It's, but I think in Aberdeen terms of do it on purpose. Yeah. Like they let them do it because then they open up and then Aberdeen can hit them on the counter. It's all part of the strategy. It's not great to watch, but it makes totally... Like they win. There's yeah. thing they win and I understand the strategy because you can't really play... You can't play in the lovely football when the rain's hooring down and it's you're getting like you know bashed about. Mm. You can't do it. So what's the best way to do it? Make sure you don't lose and grab a goal, protect the goal. Get It's... So funny, like the most important thing is to win, right? You want to be entertained as well, but you can't always have both. It's very rare that you get both. Like the the teams that aren't entertained to win, and also like even like Jose Mourinho's best teams were not fun to watch. You know, sure, but I mean, this is a St. Mirren side that have been entertaining recently. Uh, St. Mirren are good, yeah. I'm yeah, talking about Aberdeen, but they're not hugely entertaining. Yeah, but I mean, nine goals in five games for St. Mirren, and it's their first blank since they actually faced Aberdeen, which was six games ago. But it must be hugely disappointing for Jim Goodwin because a cup run for St Mirren's massive. Aberdeen are into their fifth semi-final under Derek McKinnon. I mean, I'd say that is and for St Mirren to get, if they were to get there playing nice football, we'd all be singing the praises and thinking this is amazing. I mean, it still is impressive. Like they got to a quarter final. I know it's only you know two wins or ever to get there in the first place. But look who's in the semis: Celtic, who will never ever lose a cup game in the history of the world again. Aberdeen, who are just always seem to be in the semi-finals. And Hearts and Hibs, the two teams with the I think, biggest budgets in the country, like after the old firm. So then they, it makes sense that St Mirren haven't been able to go through. Like they can do it again, it's a knockout mm-hmm. competition. They could easily beat Aberdeen another day. 
And if he'd been drawn against Hearts, good chance he would have beaten Hearts. Do you know? It's it's, it's all kind of... I don't know. It's, yeah. Cup competition. Well, let's just round up the um, semi-final draw. Um, just a reminder for everyone. Celtic will play Aberdeen and Hearts will play Hibs. Um, either of you going to Celtic versus Hibs in the final then? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good one. Yeah. You've heard of the spaghetti had, but have you heard of pasta evangelists? No? Well, let me and JJ tell you about the better way to eat pasta. JJ, what did you have this week? Well, Andrew Slavin, let me tell you what I had this week. This week I had prawn and chilli ravioli with cassini crumb, samphire and sage butter. Mm-mm. Was it good? Yes. It's actually making me pretty hungry, if I'm honest. Well... They send stuff to your house and you put it in the fridge and then you it takes like no time to make it cooking and it's the pasta's really good and fresh. Yeah. I like making fresh pasta. I'm one of those guys. But this, this makes it so much easier though. Yeah. It's so much it's so much easier when it just arrives at your door. Not hanging pasta over like your cupboard doors. <laughs> the thing is with pasta evangelists, you choose different recipes you want every week and then they get it delivered to you the next day. So you're actually in control. You can change it, you can pause, or you could even cancel your subscription at any time, which is really, really handy. Or just do a one off, yeah. Exactly. Just try it. You can try it. Yeah. See if you like pasta. And the uh, other thing is that the menu changes each week. So all the dishes are based out of one of the 20 Italian regions. For example, you could be eating prawn and chili ravioli with grissini crumb, samphire and sage butter, like Just I just like said. You. Or the ultimate lasagna with beef and barola ragu and bechamel. Or <laughs> black truffle mac and cheese. That is the sexiest JJ voice I've ever heard. And club sauce. Nice. It's the rest of the development reference for everyone. So yeah, five minutes to prepare. It is that easy. The good thing is that you listeners can get £10 off your first order with the code SCOTTISH. So all you need to do is go to pastaevangelists.com, choose your dishes and get cooking. That's pastaevangelists.com and enter the code SCOTTISH for £10 off your first order. So the Nations League draw happens on Tuesday, that's today, so it might have already happened if you're listening on another day, (laughs) but uh, Finn, where are you on Scotland and what we could potentially get in the groups? From the back of the last Nations League, we were promoted up a tier, so we've gone from League C to League B, uh, meeting the teams that are staying there from the last incarnation of the tournament, the teams that are relegated from League A, so that's some quite good teams. Mm -hmm. And I think from the from the pots that are there, so Scotland are in pot two, along with Norway, Serbia and Finland, so we can't be drawn in a group with them. Cool. We'll meet a team from pot one, pot three and pot four. Uh, pot one is Russia, Austria, Wales, Czech Republic. Pot three, Slovakia, Turkey, Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. Pot four, Bulgaria, Israel, Hungary and Romania. So um, dream draw there would probably be like Wales, Northern Ireland... Israel, probably, because we played them before, but you know that we're just going to get Russia again, get <laughs> pumped home in a way. Um, I don't know. I think the reason that um, Scotland should quite like this tournament is that it does offer alternative methods of qualifying for major tournaments. Okay. Obviously, we're just about to hit the um, the playoffs. Yeah. Which is the for the for the, Euro, the Euros this summer, which is and it was the Nations League that got us into that. Um, apparently, it's not quite as uh, open. 
for World Cup qualification in that there will be slightly fewer spots open to us. Basically, all the you have the normal qualification for the World Cup, which would be the I think the ten winners of the mm-hmm. groups for qualifying, all the runners up plus the six best teams that haven't already qualified directly for the World Cup yeah. from the Nations League meet uh, there or something at some point. This is so when it gets horribly confusing. It, it gets it? incredibly <laughs> contrived. Um, basically, we have got less of a chance probably qualifying for the World Cup through, through the Nations route. League yeah, okay. than we did to the Euros from the Nations League. Blech. Do you know what is good though? The women's team are playing on the fourth against Ukraine in a friendly tournament, the Pinatar. Is that what it's called? Where are they playing? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah they're playing Mercia in Spain. Is that you say it? Mercia. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's a tournament that Scotland could do well in. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You've got Ukraine, Iceland and Northern Ireland. We don't have to rely just on the men's game. We should support all of our games. Yes. Especially the ones where we might actually win. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Let's talk to Paddy Power and Lee Price and see what they think. All right then, Lee. We know there's going to be an Edinburgh team and either Celtic or Aberdeen in the cup final. How far ahead are Celtic in the odds to win the trophy? (laughs) Perhaps not quite as short as you think in the bet in Celtic. They are odds on, of course they are. They're 1-3 to to win the Scottish FA Cup. But if you can compare that to the League Cup odds in England over the weekend where Man City were 1-16 to to win the tournament, you can anticipate quite a shortening of the price even when they get through the semi-final. For now, Aberdeen are 4-1, second favourites to win the tournament. Hibs are at around 7-1 and Hearts looking at a chunky 10-1 to to win the trophy. We've got Rangers in the Europa League left um, and they've got Bayer Leverkusen. What odds do Steven Gerrard's men have of winning that? Hmm, they might need to focus on getting through this round first as we actually make the Germans, not the Jers, favourites progress. For the first leg, which is at Ibrox, Rangers are 2-1 to to win the game. Leverkusen the 5-4 favourites, the draw 12-5. to And we actually make Leverkusen the fifth favourites to win the Europa League outright at 9-1. to Rangers, on the other hand, are outsiders for now. They're priced at 50-1 to to win the European trophy. And on Tuesday, we have an Edinburgh derby. How do you see that match going? And what odds on Christian Deutsch to score a tap-in? Very, very tight, but we're leaning towards a home win, which seems a generally safe approach in derbies, actually. We make Hibs the 6-5 to favourites, with Hearts a longer price at 21-10, to if only they were playing Rangers, eh? We make the draw 12-5, to so all those three prices very similar. Our odds are predicting a tight affair which means that someone like Christian Deutsch could well prove decisive, the Dagenham legend. He's the most likely player of the two squads to score in this game at 15-8. to eight. We expect Hearts to pin in their hopes on Liam Boyce. He's 2-1 to one to score any time. So let's do some final business. Biggest news this weekend actually happened in League One because it saw Dumbarton's mascot, Pelly the Elephant, proposed to a fan at the weekend. Jen McKee was dressed as Pelly and took advantage of tradition by getting engaged to her boyfriend on Leap Day. It's really sweet. The picture for it's great as well. The one that I saw on Twitter. What I love most about it is that she's taken her head off. (laughs) It's standing next to her. The elephant's head, not... The elephant's head. Yes, thank you. Um, But still standing in in an entire elephant suit um, with her um, fiancé, now fiancé, congratulations, beside her. But behind them 
is, you know those goals that you get, not the main goals on the pitch, but the kind of training goals that they wheel on and off? Mm-hmm. Um, there's players <laughs> taking shots and there's one guy in an action pose diving to try and save a ball that's just flown past him into the net. It's, ah. it's, just, it's a really beautifully composed photograph that's like a Renaissance painting. Very nice. Um, elsewhere, Celtic might not be good in Europe, but they're doing well in South Korea because in K-pop, you would believe that there's a nine-piece boy band called Stray Boys, which have released a song called My Pace, and it sees them uh, wearing retro football shirts, including the Celtic home strip from 2001-2003. No, sorry, 2001-2002. And then the away top from 1998-99. In the video. Trendy now, though, and I've seen the boy in the pub wearing an old Derby County shirt the other day. Well, if you look at BT Sports Europa League promo as well, it's like kind of hipster, kind of, what, what do you call those people yeah. that dance really cool? I don't know. Where they spin on the ground and stuff. Oh, break dancers. Break dancers, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure my age. I am going to be a dad soon. I'm going to. Can't talk about these things. <laughs> but they're all wearing like retro football tops as well. So, yeah. Well, good for them. I'm glad they're spreading the word of Scottish football to K pop fans. And South Korea. But just quickly, it might get cut from this show, but um, huge game in the Scottish Championship because Partick Thistle was Queen of the South. And it's bottom of the table clash, real six pointer. Whoever's going to win is going to stay up. No, maybe not. But um, absolutely massive game because I think it's a case where if Partick Thistle win, they'll go level on points with Queen of the South, who are second bottom. But Partick Thistle also have a game in hand. Um, so both teams just doing terribly at the moment. Um, but it could be a real. Um, kind of gauge as who has the best possible chance to stay up in that some midweek games in the Premiership to shout about um, I'll just rattle these off quite quickly Hibernian v Hearts Kilmarnock v Aberdeen Livingston versus Celtic Motherwell host Ross County Rangers will take on Hamilton at Ibrox and St Mirren take on St Johnston and before we go some good news to end on Jackie McNamara is out of hospital um, after suffering a bleed on the brain and he tweeted over the weekend saying I've been overwhelmed by the messages of support for me and my family from the football community and supporters during what has been an extremely worrying and emotional time I would like to personally thank the paramedics from York Hospital and Hull Royal Infirmary who have been phenomenal if it wasn't for these services I wouldn't be here today it will be a slow and steady process he says but I'm on the road to recovery so good news there Excellent. Yes. Well, there we go. Another week has come and gone in Scottish football, and so we must go. JJ and Finn, thank you very much for Goodbye. joining me in the studio. Thank you. <laughs> and I am not finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Little Kicks for um, providing us our lovely theme tune. Thank you to Abby for being a wonderful producer and trying to make us not sound like idiots. So we have to leave. Remember to come see us in Glasgow and Aberdeen, JJ. Yes. Please buy tickets from the internet. But for now, we'll see you next Tuesday. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football Network at The Totally Show on Twitter. And make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com. Join Ruby Walsh, Paddy Power, Tom Nugent and a whole host of great guests each week on Paddy Power's racing podcast From the Horse's Mouth. From the Horse's Mouth. From the mouth of a horse. From the mule's muzzle. From the pony's trap. From the cob's gob. You get the picture. From the Horse's Mouth. New episodes every Friday. Muddy Knees Media.